With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same-game parlays, live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Plus, we're brought to you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge. $250 cash and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday afternoon here to break down the Thursday night football player props. It's going to be a NFC West divisional matchup between the San Francisco Giants uh, visiting the Seattle Seahawks in this game and joining me. To help me break down the player props, you guys know him as the voice on the NASCAR Gambling Podcast, the F1 Gambling Podcast, CFL Gambling Podcast, of course, the NFL Gambling Podcast, and here with me on the PropCast, the lone San Francisco 49ers fan, it's Rod Gomez. Rod, what's going on, my man? Good thing you got it right the second time. Your MLB was uh, was peeking through. You said San Francisco Giants earlier, and I was like, I, I let Did it I say fly. Giants. Yeah, well, I let it fly because you do so many podcasts that I was like, at this point, he's just you know Giants, whatever demons from the XFL. Who cares? It's all San Francisco at this point. You know what it is? It's that because the uh, Giants signed Carlos Correa last night, so that's going to be something that's on my mind. Years. 13 years, right? Is that what I read right? 13 years, 350 million, Rod. And that's been the standard contract for like the shortstops um, like this offseason, like Trey Turner, uh, Xander Bogars. I think got a, I think he also got either 11 or 13. Um, and then obviously, you know, with the Giants, Carlos Correa gets a 13-year uh, deal last uh, as announced last night. So exciting times for San Francisco sports fans, my man. Not completely. Uh, I mean, uh, we missed out on Aaron Judge, which that's a different uh, topic for a different podcast. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm a little sad about that. Yeah, but yeah, you guys did get Correa. Correa's going to be good. Uh, you know, obviously he was with Houston. Um, great leader, great shortstop, great hitter. So um, hopefully they can build the team around him. But hey. Maybe I'll have to get you on the MLB pod to talk about the San Francisco Giants when we do the uh, division pods next year. Uh, But, hey, we're here to talk about NFL and your 49ers. 49ers are in a uh, NFC West battle here this uh, Thursday night here, Rod, going up against the Seattle Seahawks. And, look, this this is a big game for both teams, right? San Francisco, if they get the victory here, we can pretty much say they will lock up the division. Uh, they'll improve to ten and four. Seattle fall to seven and seven. But if Seattle wins this game, they'll only be a game behind the San Francisco 49ers for that division. So 
big game here, exciting game here. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the 49ers. You're you're the you're the fan on the network of the San Francisco 49ers, and it's been really a up and down, up and down season as it usually always is for the San Francisco 49ers, especially with all the injuries that they do deal with. Um, you know, early on in the season, had some you know running back injuries uh, with Elijah Mitchell. He missed about six to eight weeks, came back, and now he's going to miss another six to eight weeks. Um, Jimmy G going down last week, or sorry, a couple weeks ago, and Brock Purdy stepping in for him and just looking absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's dealing with an oblique injury now, so I think he was supposed to get an MRI on that. Uh, you get the trade for Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel goes down now. Boy, Rod, it's exhausting, man. How are you feeling? What's, what's kind of the take on the team or the buzz around the team right now? Sometimes I wish that they would go back to just sucking. So that way I don't have to necessarily care when all this stuff goes wrong. But no, the fact of the matter is I love the resiliency of this team overall. And it's been that way for the last couple of seasons. We've seen so many different uh, Jimmy G getting injured almost, you know, put your calendar by it. The Jimmy G is going to get injured at some point. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else steps up and then you go and, and make it to the playoffs. And then you, I mean, there's just so much stuff happening in San Francisco. It is exhausting to be a fan. Yes. But I, I think I would take this over all the years where we had to suffer through subpar teams and just absolutely horrendous showings. But you know, there's excitement to be had. I know Debo is not going to be with us for the better part of the rest of the season. Um, if, and if maybe not even at all, I know they're talking about getting him back for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They're, saying Jimmy's going to make it back by the playoffs. We'd have to make a really deep run for that to happen, if at all. So, I mean, look, now we see if Brock Purdy, I, I know he's got the oblique, but I think right now they're kind of treating it as day-to-day. -day. So right. he's trending more on the side of going, but, you know, we'll have to play it by ear. But again, if he doesn't go, then it's Josh Johnson's world, and hopefully he comes in and have a, a Brock Purdy-type performance and takes us to another win over the hated Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, it's really been crazy. I mean, just the, like we just discussed all the injuries and all the things that are happening. I mean, we haven't even touched on the defensive side of the injuries that the San Francisco 49ers have had to suffer this season. Um, you know, you lost cornerback Jason Verrett, um, who was playing absolutely fantastic for them this season. Uh, who else did we lose on that defensive? Our, our Armstead had been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, also another guy that has been uh, in and out of the lineup. And then all – all season long, especially in the offseason, it was a debate of who was going to be the starting quarterback for this 49ers team. It was it going to be Trey Lance. Was it going to be Jimmy G? Lo and behold, it turned out to be Trey Lance, and he suffered his ankle injury, which sidelined him for the rest of the season. Emmanuel Mosley, quarterback. So it's just been up and down and for the San Francisco 49ers team. And it just makes you kind of wonder what would happen with this team being fully healthy. And I think a lot of times – Kyle Shannon gets some unfair criticism sometimes when this team is not, uh, you know, successful because of the talent that they do have. But at the same time, it's a lot of times that they just can't have guys that are healthy or stay healthy on the field. But like you mentioned, Rod, it's guys that just have to step up uh, next man up mentality. But here's a good thing. They've been stepping up and that, and yeah, that yeah, really yeah. is what it's all said and done. There's a lot of times where the next man up mentality fails because the next man up fails. Yeah. But these guys are actually stepping in and having a level of success much like Geno Smith's filling in for Russell Wilson. I mean, it's not necessarily the same type of situation, but I suppose when you lose Russell Wilson, it is next man up. And that was Geno Smith. So, 
Yeah, and like we haven't talked about Seahawks yet. They've dealt with their share of uh, things that have happened this season as far as injuries and, and having a new quarterback. And the expectation for this team was to be one of the worst teams in the league. I think their win total was at four and a half. Here we are week, what, 15 now? They're sitting two games back for the NFC West division. If they, excuse me, if they win this game, um, they'll be only one game back. And again, they'll put themselves in a good position to be a playoff team this year. So this is a very, very important game for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, these two teams did match up back in week two, Rod. Uh, your 49ers came in there and took care of business. Uh, sorry, at home, they took care of business uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, a 27-7 victory. Jimmy Garoppolo in that game, 154 yards, one touchdown. That was a game where they did have Jeff Wilson Jr. did the 49ers before they traded him over to the Miami Dolphins. But here we are, week 15. Um what are your thoughts about this game, Rod? I'll give you the floor since you are the Niners fan. I think a more bigger game, obviously, for the Seattle Seahawks than it is for the San Francisco 49ers. But again, Niners can put themselves in the driver's seat for the division uh, with a victory here uh, Thursday night. Well, I mean, a couple of things are going in both of these teams uh, way or, or not really uh, conducive to a good game for either one of these guys. One, it's Thursday night, and we know yeah. that Thursday night is just historically horrendous but also for the Niners this is in Seattle and it's not necessarily as if you know these guys have done well in Seattle over the last few seasons um you know and, and it's hard to play in Seattle it's hard to win in Seattle uh and in fact when you go back through it the Niners have lost a lot of more games against Seattle as as they've won so they've got to co overcome a lot of that and then of course they've got to overcome the fact that now they're playing still with Brock Purdy and as as fantastic as he looked, and I, and I talked with I think uh, I think I talked with Ryan about it during the um, during the game or during the game recap in the NFL Gambling Podcast. But it, Brock Purdy was good, but that defense was way better. So the defense is going to need to continue to to do that and exactly that and keep these teams from scoring in the second half. So a a, a lead that the Niners gain in the first half can hold steady, you know, and that's really what it's all about, and, and that's. That's kind of what's going to have to happen tonight, too. And Brock Purdy's going to do what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. He may do it a little bit slower, given the injury. Um, but if he continues to get the ball to McCaffrey, if if uh, uh, one of the guys that we're going to talk about here, uh, Jordan Mason steps up and, and does good things as well. Um, you know, and, and then Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, like, got to get those guys involved and, and, and get them moving if they want to beat the Seahawks. Because the Seahawks know that they're at home. Yep. And their playoff lives are on the line. So they're going to come out and play really tough. Yeah, 100%. Definitely actually looking forward to this game. I know we've had some clunkers on Monday Night Football and on Sunday, uh, sorry, Thursday Night Football, but uh, there's going to be a good battle between these two NFC West teams. So, uh, Rod, let's just dive right into it, my man. Let's get into our player props here for this uh, Thursday Night Football game between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Uh, I'll let you lead it off, man. What's your first player prop for tonight? Well, apparently the books don't know who's going to play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm not seeing any uh, passing props out there for uh, any Niners quarterback. So I'll just turn to Geno Smith. One thing that teams have been doing, and that is throwing the ball against the Niners. And it's not that they've been successful necessarily in throwing it, but they sure have been attempting a lot of passes. So I think Geno Smith is going to go over 33 and a half pass attempts. This is at minus 120. Just looking back at what quarterbacks have done over uh, to the 49ers in the last few weeks, kind of look at last week. Tom Brady threw 55 passes against the San Francisco 49ers. Tom Brady, 55 passes, but only completing 34 of them. That's the crazy part. Um, Tua throws 34. 
I mean, I'm not. I'm going to give Andy Dalton the pass on this one. He only threw 29, but it's it's Andy Dalton. Uh, but Kyler uh, Colt McCoy actually had 34 um, passes against them a couple weeks ago when uh, the Cardinals visited Justin Herbert, 35. Um, you know, you just go back on and on and on to where everybody's uh, completed a bunch or attempted a bunch of passes against them. Gino did face this team in week two, only attempted 30 passes against the Niners, but that was week two. That was before a lot of things had started to take shape. Um, so I think that that's kind of an outlier as well. But looking back at what Gino's done over the last few weeks, 36 attempts against Carolina, 39 against the Rams, 37 against Vegas, 33 against Tampa, 34 against uh, Arizona. Several, several weeks in a row in which he's attempted at least 33 passes, if not mm -hmm. 34. So I think this trend continues. And I think Gino Smith goes over 33 and a half pass attempts this week. Yeah, this was one of the ones I was looking at as well uh, for Geno Smith. But I, I went to the other side. I actually took his completions, too, to go over as well. I think it's a little bit of correlation there. Uh, I got that at 21.5 for his completions to go over at even money. And it's really the fact that, again, you're not going to be able to run the football against the San Francisco 49ers team, right? Even if Kenneth Walker is back, maybe he has you know a few spurts where he gets some yardage. But uh, overall, this San Francisco 49ers defense – has been the best, if not one of the best in the entire league, right? Right up there with Denver. We've talked a lot about that team. Um, and their rush defense has been one of the best. And I think that's just going to put Geno Smith in situations where he's going to have to throw the football. And like you mentioned, the attempts have been there against the San Francisco 49ers pass defense. And I think we see Geno Smith throwing the ball a little bit more and maybe the offense being a little bit more aggressive because, again, they're not going to be able to throw the football a lot in this game. So, I took the over 21 and a half completions in this game. And, you know, also on this rush defense, they've only allowed one uh, team to run for 100 or more yards this season, have the San Francisco 49ers. So I think that's going to have to be on the shoulders of and shoulders and arm of Geno Smith if they want to win this football game. Earlier this season, Geno Smith had 24 completions on 30 attempts against the San Francisco 49ers. And Geno has had 22 or more completions for the Seattle Seahawks in four of the last five games. On the season, Smith has thrown 22 or more completions in nine of the 13 games this season. He's gone over this projection in three out of the four division games this season as well, including, like I mentioned, that week two matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. So, um, yeah, I think we're both banking on Geno Smith here, Rod, to have a big week. He's going to have to. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's that's it's going to have to come from him and T and uh, uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf because you know uh, unless Kenneth Walker is he, I I don't recall is he going to play this week or I think he is because I did see props for him. Um, let me see if I can pull up the official injury report for the Seahawks here. Let me yeah. see because I mean they can't they won't be able to get it done with Travis Homer or or Geno yeah. Smith being one of the leading rushers. You know. Yeah, he's not on the injury report, so he's a go. And I, again, like I did uh, mention, I did see props for him, so he should be able to go in this game. Okay, but even still, I mean, you know, he's coming back off of a, an injury, and uh, maybe he's not as effective. And but it, again, it's going to sure. have to come from from uh, from Gino. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we continue our player props here for this Thursday night football game, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor. That's going to be WinBet. And if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York. Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Don't get to get involved in the same game parlay. WinBet is your home with their WinBet. Build your own bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. 
WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 to win 100. There's so much to choose from. And all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where a playthrough winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're also back with Underdog Fantasy. And if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for their weekly battle royal format as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, Ryan, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Let's uh, get to your next player prop for this game. What do you got? All right, I want to root for Christian McCaffrey. I'm already going to be doing it, but I might as well root for him some more. Uh, I've got his rushing yards over 70 and uh, 78 and a half, rather. This is at plus 100. I'm going to take the over on this. Last week, we saw him rush for 119 yards. That was his most as a San Francisco 49er on 14 attempts. I mean, he was just slashing through uh, Tampa Bay. But before that, 66 yards, 32 yards. That's why this is set where it's at because 78 and a half is still kind of a big number for Christian McCaffrey who hasn't necessarily been putting up huge yardage totals. But Brock Purdy, a little bit hurt. Maybe they don't want him slinging the ball around nearly as much as they would if uh, if he was healthy. But I say that also when you look at what some of the running backs have done against Seattle that have played against them. Chubba Hubbard, 74 yards and Dante Foreman, 74 yards a piece in this one. And then even Raheem Blackshear got 32. So as a unit, the Panthers got 180 yards on the ground against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, something I, you know, there's only two running backs really on the field for, uh, for San Francisco now between uh, Mason and Christian McCaffrey. So McCaffrey's going to get a, a decent amount of work. Debo Samuel, obviously not there, so he won't be stealing carries either. So I think the path for McCaffrey to at least get 79 yards is there. Uh, also, just even taking a look back at what uh, Josh uh, Jacobs did to this Seattle Seahawks defense a couple of weeks ago, 33 carries, 229 yards. I think Josh Jacobs is is on the same level as McCaffrey at this point right now, and yep. maybe even McCaffrey's better. So imagine the things that he can do against this, this defense as well. Rashad White got 105 yards against him. So all I'm saying is that Christian McCaffrey's got a path to 79 yards, and it feel like that path is pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, no argument from here, uh, from here, here, Rod. Again, this Seattle Seahawks defense, you know, we've talked about it week in and week out, has been one of the worst rush defenses in the entire football league, right down there with the Giants, right down there with my Houston Texans. And it's crazy to think that they've allowed 4.9 yards per rush attempt on the season, but it's even worse over the last three weeks. Uh, where they've given up 5.7. They allow the second most rushing yards per game this season. It's over, and even over the last, like I mentioned, last three weeks, it's even worse where they've given up 225 yards on the ground to the opposition. Um, so for me, I also have a CMC prop along you know, with, with your over on his rushing yards, and I just took his longest rush attempt to go over 17 and a half. You know, this team is susceptible to giving up those long rushes. Like I mentioned, they're giving up 4.9 yards per rush, which I believe is second to last in the entire football league. They're giving up 5.7 per carry over the last three weeks, which is the worst. 
And if you kind of take a look at it, uh, the Seattle Seahawks have allowed a long rush attempt of at least 18 yards or more in five straight weeks to the opposing running backs. And CMC, he hasn't been a stranger to longest rush attempts of, of uh, or long rush attempts uh, over the last couple of weeks as well, right? Um, over the last four weeks, in three out of those four weeks, he had a long rush attempt of 38 yards, 30 yards, and 20 yards. Um, so I think we both trust this offensive line a lot for the San Francisco 49ers and more so also fading this rush defense for the uh, uh, Seattle Seahawks. And also, you know, we talk about the injury to Brock Purdy, the oblique, right? Is he going to be able to throw the football down the field? Or are we going to see, you know, more of a game where we see Jordan Mason, we see CMC carrying the ball combined maybe 30 to 35 times in this game um, and then kind of slowing the game down here if Brock Purdy, you know, is going. Or if it is Josh Johnson, uh, you know, whoever the quarterback might be, I think we'll see a run-heavy offense here from Kyle Shanahan and led by CMC and 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 and, and uh, Jordan Mason. So I'm right there with you uh, on CMC here, Rod. You kind of have to, really. I mean, honestly, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you you predicated your offense on doesn't matter who the quarterback is because our running game is going to be the star of the show. Um, obviously, you go out, you get McCaffrey. That's why, right? You you give out most, you give away Wilson, and and you bring in McCaffrey. That's that's why you want to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Chris McCaffrey to have really just a, a fantastic game, and and it starts with the the yardage and i think if he even rips off a gigantic one that's better for both of us yeah 100 percent um and even jordan uh, jordan mason last week he came in and he had 11 carries for 56 yards 5.1 yards per carry for him as well so both christian mccaffrey and jordan mason combined last week 25 attempts 175 yards if my math is correct on that and again debo samuel was involved last week as well but we know he's going to be missing uh, the the foreseeable future, at least for the regular season, for the San Francisco 49ers um, and that rushing attack as well. Uh, all right, Ryan, let's get over to your next player problem, man. What do you got? All right, I'm going to go defensive because we talked a lot about offense, but let's talk about that defense, the San Francisco 49ers defense. Um, I didn't mean for them all to be Niners props, but I guess my homerism <laughs> is, is shining through. My bad. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Talona Hafunga over – Four and a half tackles. This is set at minus 110. Dude's a beast. Been playing like a beast. Uh, he had four tackles against Tampa Bay last week and then only one against Miami the week before. But he had nine tackles against Arizona, or, uh, New Orleans, six tackles against Arizona, eight tackles against the Rams, six against the Falcons, five against Carolina. I mean, dude's been involved. He's been involved all over the place. He's a huge playmaker. They're they're gonna try to throw the ball down the field to lock it into Metcalf, and that's gonna you know that's gonna be in his vicinity to make those tackles. So if that happens, he'll be in that area to do so. The last time he played the Seahawks, too, he got six tackles, he got five solos and one assist. So again, the the path for him to get five tackles is there. Um, and and like I said, he's one of the key members of this defensive unit, and it's just so much fun to watch this season this guy uh really come into his own but yeah i'm gonna definitely look for him to get five tackles against the seahawks just like he did in week two when he got six yeah look again this you could probably look at this defense and really the stars shine on the on this on that defensive side but a lot of times you don't talk about the guys that are really the anchors of this defense and i think you just highlighted that this guy is one of the 
you know, anchors on this defense. We, we talk a lot about Bosa, you know, when Armstead is back, those two causing havoc up front. But, you know, we kind of sometimes forget about guys in the secondary or the defensive backs uh, that really also shine for defenses that are tops in the league. And, again, we talk about – and it's almost correlated, right, because we like Geno to throw the football in this game, that the opportunities are going to be there, to whether that's going to be to make tackles – uh, in midfield, where that's going to be down the field, like you mentioned, a DK Metcalf or to Tyler Lockett. So, the, again, the opportunities are going to be there to make those tackles uh, this week for this defense. So, uh, definitely no argument for me coming from a, a at least a defensive uh, prop for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, all right, for all right, my last player prop, and then we'll get over to some touchdown props in this game. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple here, and it's Will Disley over 16 and a half receiving yards. Now, I know Disley is, is in the big part of the offense for the Seahawks, right? But he makes the most of his opportunities. And also, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of targets. But again, when he does get those targets, he's making the most of them. He's gone over this projection of over 16 and a half receiving yards in six out of the last seven games for the San Fran- sorry for the Seattle Seahawks, including five straight games. And it's almost a two-parter here. So if you want to take over on his uh, receiving yards at 16 and a half, or if you want to go longest uh, reception at uh, 10 and a half. So he's had a long reception of 12 or more yards in five straight weeks uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. So it's almost like we've talked about George Kittle, uh, that when he's making pass catches from whichever quarterback is back there for the San Francisco 49ers, they're usually down the field. And that's how they these guys or these tight ends, at least in the NFC West, are getting their yardage uh, on their receiving props. So like I mentioned, Will Disley, He's gone over uh, 16 and a half receiving yards in six out of the last seven games for the Seahawks, including five straight. And then also his yards per reception are above 10 as well, because a guy that doesn't get a lot of targets, but he is a guy that's been getting the ball down the field from Geno Smith and making the most of those opportunities where, like I mentioned, he's had long receptions of 12 more yards, 12 or more yards in five straight weeks. So kind of a two-parter here for me. You could take your choice here of uh, Will Disley over 16 and a half receiving yards or his longest reception of over 10 and a half, 10 and a half uh, yards here, Rod. It's been tough sledding for receivers against the Niners defense for the last couple of weeks, with the exception of Tyreek Hill, really. I mean, (laughs) how do you contain Tyreek Hill anyways? But, uh, you know, last week they held the Bucs receivers to, uh, what, 12 yards from Gage, 54 to to Goodwin, 44 to Evans, 38 to Julio. Not a whole lot of separation in that uh, that secondary for these receivers. So production is going to have to come from somewhere if Seattle wants to chuck the ball down the field too much. Um, and, and you're right. Disley's one of those guys that can do that. And I, I think he's going to need to be involved if they want to beat the Niners. Yeah. And again, it's on the shoulders of Geno Smith in this game, right? We, we've talked about how good this rush defense is for the San Francisco 49ers. So he's gonna have to find a way to get the other guys involved in this offense here as well in this game, um, you know, for this NFC West, uh, division race. All right, Rod, let's get into some touchdown props here uh, for this game. Uh, What do you got? So the normal suspects are all priced to the point where you would expect them to be. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, Kenneth Walker, uh, all of both of those guys are are, are both the negative money. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is at plus 135. And while I think he may score in in Debo's absence, it's still sort of a a, a not necessarily attractive price. So I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm going to make a case for Jordan Mason. At plus 250 to cross the goal line, 
we just talked about how the running backs have done against these Seattle Seahawks and they've gained a ton of ground. I'm thinking that obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting, but we've also seen that Mason comes in every once in a while to, uh, to spell that. So, I mean, look, I can see a scenario in which uh, McCaffrey gets them all the way down to somewhere inside the 10, right? Somewhere inside the five and then comes off for a rest because he did all the work on that drive to get him that far. And then Jordan Mason comes in and swoops down to save the day and get the touchdown. I mean, and against Seattle, uh, the Panthers had two rushing touchdowns in their game. The Rams had two rushing touchdowns in that game. And the Raiders had two rushing touchdowns in that game. So I tell you what, if, if, uh, if both, if there's two rushing touchdowns in this game, give one to McCaffrey, give one to Jordan Mason and we'll call it a day. Yeah. Again, um, it was hard to ignore Christian McCaffrey just because he is going to be the guy on the offensive side for the San Francisco 49ers. But again, Minus 150 is a bit rich, right, for a touchdown prop. I mean, if you want to go two or more touchdowns at plus 350, you could possibly look at that. Um, But I think you mentioned the guy there, right? Uh, Brandon, are you plus 135? Um, After that first start uh, with Brock Purdy as a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, you know, we saw Brandon, are you come out and say that, hey, I missed you on a couple throws. I'm going to correct that. I'm going to get that right. And we saw last week where – he did throw a touchdown to Brandon Ayuk, and I think that you know he's had the opportunities where he's going to be a target in the red zone if if you know gets down to that situation where they're within the five or ten yard line in the in the red zone there to score a touchdown. So at plus one thirty five for Brandon Ayuk, I do like it there. Um, that's the only one I really did like. Um, I think we both expect Christian McCaffrey to score here in this game as well, but. Um, yeah, I didn't have any other ones that I did like. I know I give out a couple, but I think Brandon Ayuk was the one that really stood out to me here, Rod. I mean, look, I like Brandon Ayuk too, and and I'm kind of glad that you picked him because. But I just I wanted to dig a little deeper down the line just to see if I could find some some better value, I suppose. Because plus one thirty five. I mean, I well, listen, if it cashes, it cashes, and you win money, right? Well, I, I know we like to to say that value is is something, but I suppose at the end of the day, if a cashing bet is a cashing bet, yeah. Yeah, so I, and again, I think this might be more of a dogfight in this game uh, versus a shootout where, you know, maybe touchdowns are limited. We see a lower scoring game. We've been seeing that on these Thursday night football games, especially in division matchups this season where it's been lower scoring uh, across the board uh, in division games so far this season. All right, Rod, let's wrap it up with best bets uh, for this Thursday night football game. Uh, I'll let you lead it off. What's your best bet for uh, these player props? The fact that I didn't have to remind you, that was my best bet. I love it. Nailed it. it. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and go with my CMC over uh, 78 and a half rushing yards. I like the plus money on this one. Um, We already laid out the case, but I I really do think that this is a game that McCaffrey's going to have to do something and do a lot, uh, especially if Brock Purdy is not 100% and, and needs to hand the ball off a few more times. So, I mean, you give him 14 carries on 100 and some on yards last week. Give him 16, 17 carries. He'll get 80 yards. Yeah, 100%. Again, just going up against a bad rush defense, right? This is what it is. And again, with Brock Purdy uh, compromised with an injury with his oblique, and even if it is Josh Johnson, expect them to run the football here with, with both CMC and uh, Jordan Mason, like we mentioned. So, yeah, definitely love that for CMC here. Should be a big uh, week for him uh, this Thursday night. 
Uh, for my best bet, I'm going to go with Geno Smith over 21 and a half completions. I think you and I are on the boats uh, on the same page about this bet. That if the Seahawks want to win this game, it's going to have to be on the shoulders and the arm of Geno Smith. You know, you're taking the over on his uh, pass attempts. So I'm just taking the best bet uh, completions to go over 21 and a half. Mentioned it that he's done it in uh, what nine of the 13 games so far this season. Three out of the four times in division matchups, he did have it. Um, he did have 24 in the Week Two matchup against the Niners. Uh, 24 uh, completions off of 30 attempts in that game. So I'm going to go Geno Smith over 21 and a half completions as my best bet for this Thursday night football game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. All right, Ryan, that's another one in the books for us, my man. Thursday night football, week 15, a little NFC West clash. Uh, anything else we forgot to mention? Uh, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? I hope this is a good one. I, I mean, not just as a Niner fan, but as a football fan in general, I really hope this is a good one. I, I want to start out week 15 on a good note. Cause then I know that Sunday, I don't really, I mean, I'm going to watch football anyways, but like, I'm not going to be as invested as I normally am because the Niners aren't playing. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, man. Like you're, if your team usually plays on either they're on a bye week or they play on that Sunday night or that Thursday night football game, you're, you kind of, you're tuned out, uh, not really paying attention to the scoreboard or watching games, but, uh, my team is on a bye week this week as well. Uh, they play Kansas city. So, uh, not expecting a lot there. Uh, I expect this to be, I expect this to be like it was at the dolphins game rod where they were up 30 to nothing where the dolphins, I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes just come out here early and take care of business and just, probably mail it in in the fourth quarter where he doesn't have to play. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much looking at like we're going to secure that number one pick there, Ron. Hey, but we did make it interesting last week against the Cowboys. I will say that. We almost pulled off the 11-1 to 1 money line ticket there. I know uh, Sean and some of the guys were on that as well. But um, yeah, hopefully better days are ahead for the uh, Houston Texans. Well, get you get your first pick bets ready. First pick of the draft picks ready. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for this Thursday Night Football edition. Uh, make sure to follow uh, Rod on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Just check out the link in his bio. Uh, looks uh, You can look at all the work that he does uh, across the sports betting industry. Uh, outside of SGPN as well. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review for the PropCast. Again, makes us help us or helps us grow the charts uh, and continue doing the show as well. We did reach the 100th episode on the NFL Gambling Podcast, running a little um, giveaway for that. Uh, Leave us a rating and review on your Apple, Apple Podcast player. We'll choose one random winner. Uh, to get a hundred dollar gift card on the uh, for the sorry the March store on SGPN. So yeah, get those ratings and reviews in not only for the NFL but do it for all these um, all the shows across the network on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Rod, anything else, bud? No, sir. Let's go. Let's yeah. play some football. Yes, sir. We'll be back on Friday for the Sunday games. Uh, till then, or sorry, should I say Saturday and Sunday games? Uh, till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>